you remember when the markets were not volatile? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, was I was upset because we didn't weren't doing anything market wise, but it was definitely a time that you could relax and enjoy your life. <laughs> <laughs> With what we've seen over the last two weeks, I mean, going you could go back to November. You know, the the beans were we had no problem finding buyers for beans. Mm-hmm. Buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it. We start a war, and all of a sudden beans are like meh, and <laughs> and wheat's all of a sudden the new darling. And, uh, I mean, trade the wheat, sleep in the street. It has been a wild ride. And here here we go. We look like 2008 again. And you have – they increase the limits. We're on, uh, we go from a 60-cent – or a 50-cent limit to an 85-cent limit in Chicago and KC – and expanded limits move from ninety cents to a dollar thirty-five, or a dollar thirty. I take that. I take that back. Dollar thirty. And it's seventy-five cents. Is it seventy-five? Seventy-five was expanded. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yes, you are correct. And now all of a sudden, we have just reached peak insanity. I mean, we started. Uh, we had an opening, opening minute high in. In uh, in Chicago wheat last night, it, it was bid and ask. Like it was bid ask up limit limit a dollar yeah. thirty. Yeah, we had the opening high. We worked our way down to the lower limit, down a dollar thirty, and then what? Uh, a half an hour, forty five minutes left to go in the trading session, and all hell broke loose, and we went from a dollar thirty lower to what fifty higher. Then back down, then back up. It was almost like every every tick was ten to twelve cents in either direction. Yeah, <laughs> it was <It's> incredible. <laughs> I've never seen anything like that. Uh, it was wild. And you had then beans going up and taking out seventeen dollars, and you had uh, which hadn't been done since the the initial day that we had the uh, the the start of this war, and then corn rallies up, and I mean, the volatility in these markets is insane. And I mean, where do we go from here? Because you still have one hundred and twenty five, hundred and thirty dollar crude oil that hasn't fallen apart yet. Yeah, you got expensive crude. You've got profit margins for ethanol plants that haven't really been too fantastic fairly recently, but we'll see how that changes. Um, gosh. And then you got headlines coming out saying that Putin's banning all exports out of the Russian Federation until December 31st. <sighs> yeah. That's a great question. Where do we go from here? Because you got up, down, sideways. Yeah, and, and then you've got the USDA report uh, uh, tomorrow that – you could argue doesn't mean anything. anything. It means nothing. <laughs> and even the even the acreage report at the end of the month, what's that going to mean if this war is still going on and we're seeing this ridiculous amount of movement? I mean, we we did make new new all-time highs for Chicago wheat last night, right? Did we hit it? Yeah, yeah. I think that was the open was was new highs by like 14 or 15 cents something like that. And I mean, it's just it's it's crazy 
and you know you there was the the interview with Zelensky last night that was saying that they had they were considering pulling their bid to uh, to jump into NATO. Uh, mainly, one part of it was that you know NATO doesn't want to get in in between what's going on with Russia and the Ukraine at this time. But he wasn't wavering on that uh, on the the other demands that uh, that Russia had put out, uh, saying that they wanted to they want to uh, Crimea to be sovereign you, uh, Russian territory. They wanted those two uh, those two other uh, states that had been uh, labeled as independent uh, right before this whole thing kicked off, and it's you know so it doesn't sound like we're stopping this thing anytime soon. No. Is there, and and I don't know this answer, and that's why I'm going to ask you, and you may have, you may have done some research on it, but is there a point where we run out of people to sell this market? I mean, have had maybe we maybe we're getting to that point. Maybe all, all the you know today was a lot of profit taking, but are we going to get to that point where there's nobody to take the other side of this because it's too dangerous? It's going. I mean, it already is, but it it most likely is going to continue to be more of a large money thing. And I'm going to be extremely interested to see how after this year, you're going to have the CME say that this market is still meant for hedging, because, and I don't know how else you can look at what has been happening in the Chicago We contract as anything less than market manipulation. Mm -hmm. But when you have managed money that's able to come in here and be jumped to the front of the market orders because they have larger order and then take that and then offset it in the options market, be able to arbitrage the market, there is nothing short of just market manipulation. Mm -hmm. Because if this was something that was based off of this Russia-Ukraine situation, KC Wheat would be the leader. True. But since Chicago Wheat has the liquidity and has the focus of the market, that's the upside leader. So how do you take this and not find any kind of manipulation at the end of the year? I think it's going to be an interesting one. And maybe that is where the high comes into place. Yeah. Maybe you hear, hear an announcement of we're investigating into the wheat market, much like we've had so many times in the cattle market, mm-hmm. and yeah. potentially that's the top. But it's well, an interesting one. Well, that was that was the – I mean, you look at the way that, the, that all of this stuff has gone, and, you know, when did the funds come into, into – into the markets, uh, roughly 2006, 2008, something like that. And you had... That's when we started measuring them. Yeah. And, I, okay, so we started to measure what their what their overall positions were. But, I mean, you just, I mean, look at the, the uh, CFTC report uh, for Commitment of Traders last week. They're still, t- through last Tuesday, which was only, what, five days or so into the, uh, into the conflict, they were still short... 11,000 contracts of wheat in Chicago, right? Yes, but if they are jumping to the front of the list and then arbitraging the situation, that's not going to show up in open interest, so they don't have to report that when that report is taken. Mm. 
So it's not something that they might be in and out in a day. They might be in and out in two days. Yeah. But as long as they're out before the close of Tuesday, it's well, not going to show up on that report. In a rational market, is corn, beans, wheat, you know, these are, these are you know, as we talk about, based off of, based for hedging purposes, at no point are you going to peg limit up on the open and stay there for multiple days like we did in in Chicago wheat. It would have it would take a major major production or export issue. The problem is you can say oh well, you know, Russia and, and Ukraine are major export issues. Yeah, however, a lot of that stuff has already been shipped. Russia doesn't ship nearly as much after the first of the year as they do at the beginning of the the marketing year, so in from July until December is their major shipping time frame. Right? And on top of that, you've got the export quotas that are already in place from February fifteenth yeah. to June thirtieth. Yeah. So yeah, that's already priced in. And and then, and then you know you've got multiple multiple countries out there saying we're okay right now for our wheat to use or our wheat needs. Egypt is is the biggest buyer of wheat uh, out there and they're they're okay romania think okay you know they're not they're not in dire need a lot of these you know some of these countries do tend to buy hand to mouth but this is one of those where a lot of these a lot of these countries that buy ukrainian wheat or russian wheat they're sitting okay and it's not like we're running out of wheat anytime soon mm-hmm. there's there's wheat out of argentina that's available they just had a pretty pretty good sized crop. I mean, Australian Australian wheat, uh, uh, you know, they export a ton of the of their wheat. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's there's excess of some sort. Mm-hmm. U.S. side of things, we you know we have the ability to ship extra. It's not like we're going to run out. No. And then when this thing is solved, those exportable bushels from Ukraine and and Russia are still there. Right. So, yeah, it's a lot of madness. And then, you know, I mean, you do get a situation where, like China, they're thinking ahead like they always do. They're always, you know, seems like five steps ahead, maybe more. But they're buying a ton of new crop beans, Mm -hmm. knowing that you've got a short crop or maybe you – Maybe it's not as short as everybody thinks, but may, knowing you've got a short crop in Brazil and there's potential for a drought in the Western Corn Belt here in the U.S., buy as much new crop as you can right now so that you ensure that you're first in line to get it because you're already, you've already purchased it because Brazil's not going to have another crop until this time next year mm-hmm. or, you know, say February. Well, it would also be interesting to see if China is just basically merchandising trading the basis because if they are and they're they're taking it now and selling it and they're able to take advantage of any kind of carry in the market that may develop later they could be setting themselves up for absolutely fantastic profit well it's also it's also a situation where they have so much in in reserves they could they could become the next place to export from they never will Mm-hmm. But they they very well could be that uh, that group that says, "Hey, listen, you don't want to pay 
seventeen dollars a bushel for for beans, and you don't want to pay, you know, eleven or twelve dollars for wheat. We've got cheap cheap wheat and beans, and and maybe even some corn uh, to go along with it. I don't think that's gonna ever happen, because they're gonna they're gonna protect their food source for their what two billion people or whatever it is or one point three. So, but man, they, it just seems like you know. In a lot of times in the winter or as we come into these USDA reports as we get closer to spring, that's all we have to talk about. Good old, good old Putin gave us a few things extra to, to, uh, to ponder here, and uh, the markets are, are on fire. And I don't know if it's a dumpster fire or, or what, but it's, uh, it's one of those where you kind of just want to step back and just – take some risk off the table it'll be yeah a lot of people want to a lot of people that actually should and do use this market for good reasons aren't because there's not a whole lot of reason to do so but it's it's something that you look at what's going on right now take a step back and look at it and really look at it for what it is and what it is is most likely a multi-year high mm-hmm. coming into the mix, whether it's today, tomorrow, next week, next month, two months, whatever it may be. This year is most likely going to be a multi-year high. So with that in mind, thinking back to other multi-year highs, what happened? You had input costs stay up higher. You had grain prices tank. You had farm bankruptcies skyrocket. Mm-hmm. So what can you do? when the market's going absolutely crazy is step back, step back, look at the bigger picture and look at what you could potentially be looking at for years to come. Mm -hmm. Are you going to sell the absolute top? Maybe, maybe not. But what you are going to do is you're going to keep a farm in your family and you're going to keep the books looking good. If you look at the bigger picture in store here. Well, and, and you're, you're absolutely right about that. But the, the other portion of this is also the U S economy takes a massive hit mm-hmm. you know we've we've talked about this a few times and and when you you know 2008 was a prime example you had crude oil prices that were just through the roof we made that high at uh, what was it 147 dollars or 145 dollars a bush uh, a barrel yeah, and some of the other months got up way way past that as well Those and only the front months and so you you topped this market out in july and within six months, it was $110 off the off that high. Uh, and uh, looking at the most active contract, I mean that is a massive swing. And that's you're already talking about runaway inflation right now. So if this market spins spins or this economy spins into a recession or even a depression by by any standards of the definition, we're in a lot of trouble. I mean, it's <laughs> we want to talk about five dollar gas or four dollar gas or whatever, but you know it's going to look great when it's two dollars again. But it also is going to be just like you said, the pain, uh, you know, the the bankruptcies that we're going to see out of this is just incredible, and it's not the the good incredible that uh, everybody wants it to be. This right now looks great for prices. This is like we talk, like you just said. We need to be talking about what to do for multiple years out. 
The problem with some of this is you do still have the unknown of a potential drought in the western half of the uh, of the Corn Belt. What do you do with that? I mean, you can't you can't over overcommit yourself. Yeah, you can't. But you also know that right now you have insurance prices that are incredibly high. So taking that and potentially just getting yourself up to where you're covered on 100% of your crop mm-hmm. and not focused on 100% of your crop on the board is going to be your first step. Yeah. And then your next step is looking out to years to come. What is a good level that you have been able to produce even in the worst of droughts and being able to cover that amount for years to come is going to be it. It's it's really just how do I look about it at Again, just like we always do, how do I go about mi- mitigating my risk mm-hmm. and at this time looking out and finding a large opportunity for myself to be good for years to come while you could see this def- deflationary spiral come into the mix yeah. afterwards that just takes the U.S. economy and really throws it for a loop. So what do we have coming up that everybody needs to be watching for? Uh, the ninth tomorrow, technically, is the USDA report. We get uh, uh, balance sheets. We get the uh, South American production. Uh, the 10th is CPI. So we get a measure of, uh, of inflation uh, on uh, consumer goods. Um, last, what was it last month? 7, 7.5? Uh, I think it was 7.3 if I remember 7.3. Okay. And then um, next week we've got the FOMC meeting. Uh, where they will or will not uh, raise rates. <laughs> I think it's. I mean, I think it's a no-brainer that they should. But the situation with Russia and and Ukraine is a, you know, kind of throws a few monkey wrenches into that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think you've got to have at least two or three rate increases in the next few months. But even that's not going to to slow down the necessarily slow down or or stop the inflation um at the end of the month march 31st we've got the quarterly stocks and we've got the planning uh planning prospects so best guess corn 92 million acres at this at point, 89? that might even be on the low end for corn. I think one of the big questions that everyone's going to be looking for is, are acres taken as CRP? And that could lead to a whole different situation where typically we look at this balance between corn and beans based on what they typically are planting. And that it definitely needs to be released soon if it will happen. But that could throw everything for a loop. I mean, we could easily, very easily take this ending stocks number if we do take millions of acres out. We could be at a two point five, no problem. Well, what's what's the what happens if if Ukraine can't plant in thirty days, sixty days? You know, because they they do they run about the same planting cycle or pl- same growing cycle as we do. What happens if they're still in the middle of this whole invasion and can't get out to plant or plant a severely strained crop? You know, is this, this to me, should be the year where, you know, the U.S. farmer should plant fence post to fence post and and there shouldn't be anything unplanted. 
Now, that's not something I would expect to see next year if that's the case, but, I mean, are we are we going to run into to massive shortages? Is that possible? That's what's priced in right now. I mean, that it priced in now, but... Yeah, and that's that's I mean that's all you can really deal with. As of right now, you have across the board, commodity wide, price in shortages of everything because that's where the risk is. Mm-hmm. I think the question is not what happens if Ukraine doesn't plant, but what happens if Ukraine does? Because right now we're pricing in what happens if they don't, mm-hmm. and we will continue to do so, and this market will continue to go screaming higher. But at some point, we've answered the question. And when is that question answered? It's well, going to be the big one. I've seen it on Twitter. Their their tractors are are busy pulling tanks right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, Russian tanks. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> they're doing doing good work there. <laughs> they're 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 they're, uh, they're occupied uh, right now. But I mean, it's it the the questions and it, we say this all the time, and it sucks because we don't ever have one hundred percent definitive answers. But there are so many questions out there that we don't have the answer to. But I can tell you right now, I mean, the volatility isn't going anywhere, whether it's to the upside or to the downside. Yeah, it's it's here to stay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not, not going to be pretty. So you definitely need to stay on top of everything. If there's ever time to be in direct contact with whoever is managing your risk, your team, whoever it is, it needs to be something that you're in constant contact with. So if you guys have any questions, please give us a call, 800-2-MARKET. That's 800-262-7538. You can find us on the web, allendale-inc.com. But today and this week for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung and Greg McBride signing off. Checking with you guys next week. 